Welcome back to the Dungeon Master's Block, the place where we focus on the Dungeon Master. The most important person in the game, the only person capable of playing God, killing characters, and lowering the ego of all of the other people at the table. I'm one of your hosts, DM Neil, aka Joke Maniac, and today we have a wonderful episode where we jump back into our Divine Spotlight series and look at Gond. And we have an amazing guest with us who did probably more research than we did, which we will always thank her for that. But before that, we are going to head up north and look at a review from Canada. And this one is by Vancouver Bod. It's like saying buddy, but it's B-A-H-D. I looked it up. Thanks, Internet. And it is entitled Seemingly Endless Ideas for All. The DMB inspired me, like many others who listen to start my own campaign and world, using a module as a springboard. The ideas that constantly flow have me pausing and writing everything I need to get my players hooked. Railroads are a gray area like pineapples on pizza. So thank you, Vancouver Bod. You are our Bod. But with that out of the way, let's head to the meat. I'm starving. We ain't had nothing but maggoty bread for three stinking days. So today on the meat, like we already said, we're back in our Divine Spotlight series, and today we're going to focus on Gond, which you, the Patreon Dragons, chose. And we have a very special guest with us, none other than Celeste Conowich, the Dungeon Master of the Amazing Venture Maidens podcast, which was recently part of the Podcast of Annihilation. Hi, everybody. Well, I'm super excited to be here. DM's Block is one of my personal favorite shows, so Ooh. it's truly an honor uh, yes. to talk to you all today. Awesome. Well, and this is a very open-ended question because we're going to do a little bit of an interview for you. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. So again, yeah, my name is Celeste Conowich. Uh, I am normally on the Venture Maidens podcast, which is for basically non-dudes doing an actual play Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition podcast. Uh, we stream live as we record our episodes on Twitch every other Wednesday, but we also have a segment called After Hours, which is where we gossip about our main show in between. Uh, so yeah, that's a little bit about me. I've been playing Dungeons and Dragons for about 12 years, maybe a little bit more, uh, and been a DM for most of those. And I'm also a huge fan of the Forgotten Realm setting. That's where I first learned to play. So I'm very excited to talk to you today about this specific deity. Yes. Ooh, that's awesome. So, uh, Celeste, is there anything that you are currently working on and or excited about that you can tell us? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the podcast, which comes out, so that's every other Sunday. So we are playing right now. We play live, and then two weeks later, we have the audio for you. So that's always changing and evolving. But we are actually, this is actually the first place I'm saying it, but we're working on a campaign setting guide for my homebrew world that Venture Havens is set awesome. in right now. So it's it's a really big project. We've got a long way ahead of us, but we've just kind of started getting that going. So I am very, very excited. So as we do with every guest, though, we have for you a surprise question brought to you <gasps> by it? one of our patrons. I love and it. And today's question is from DM Exitium. If you could add a seventh ability score to your homebrew setting, what would it be? And why? Ooh, I love this. Okay. 
Well, my answer is sort of blasé if you've played any RPG games ever, but I love the idea of a luck score being yes. incorporated mm-hmm. in. Yes. Um, so just a general how lucky you are. I think that would be a really cool mechanic to have and sort of uproot the the normalcy of games. So if you're just a naturally lucky character, good things happen to you or not. Uh, that would be my choice. Critical hit scores. Right. That's, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm a I'm a huge fan of that mechanic whenever they have it in RPG video games or board games. It's yeah, because it I mean it's such a good one. So today's episode we're going to talk about the luck score. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I, I why mean, I you could should do that. Your games. <laughs> Let let's riff, guys. Yeah, no, I'm <laughs> sure that we could definitely fill a whole podcast full of that information. But instead, we're going to jump to talking about Gond. It's pretty much free form on who wants to take the information that we're going to spill. I know Celeste, you have in front of you the second edition forgotten realms setting box and the Gond entry in it. I do. I was so excited because uh, when Neil first brought up to me, the idea that we were going to be talking about Gond, I was like, ah, that name's weirdly familiar, but I, who, what? And so I, true enough, I went back into my AD and D forgotten realms campaign setting box, which is one of the artifacts that I keep on my bookshelf. And uh, yeah, found Gond in there. So would you like me to read the text or should I summarize it for you? I think it's a great starting place and then we'll kind of work off of that. Great. Okay. So Gond, as according to the Advanced Dungeons and Dragons Forgotten Realms campaign setting, Gond, the power. Gond Wonderbringer is the god of artifice, craft, and construction. He is the god of blacksmiths, woodworkers, and engineers. A native of the truly neutral plane of the concordant opposition, he is often portrayed as a burly, red-hued smith with a mighty hammer and a forge and anvil that allows him to craft the stars themselves. Gond's symbol is a toothed wheel in ivory, bone, or metal. So that's the basic. I mean, I don't know if you want me to read the ethos and the clergy. They're about the same size. Yeah, no, that's that's good because we can get into those later. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the, the, when we were researching this and putting together our outline and what, how we were going to talk about this, it's ironically, as, as cool as Gond is, there is not a lot of information on him. There isn't. Yeah. So we, we had to scrounge and scrimp and try to figure out where I, I tore apart. Like all I, I went deep. Down the wiki rabbit hole. <laughs> oh my! Uh, to try to find things on God. <laughs> That's and, a dangerous uh, place. <laughs> oh, it is. It is. Uh, but some of his titles include the Lord of All Smiths. Uh, you mentioned Wonderbringer. There's Zionil. Uh, I'm not sure. Zionil. Zionil. Something like that. Maker of all holy things and the inspiration divine. Mm-hmm. So, if we want to kick it back even further than the AD&D version, it is none other than the, I want to say Elementster himself because it's true anymore, <laughs> but Ed Greenwood was the person that actually created Gone for his home game, and then it got folded into the continuity with Dragon Magazine number 54. Well, and you that seems to be the trend with a lot of gods that we've talked about recently, including on our last Divine Spotlight episode, Salune. Mm-hmm. Oh, Ed Greenwood. That's, I just got lost. I just got be- lost in the mind of Ed. You beautiful man who brought us so many great gifts. Yes, he did. So yeah, uh, if we're talking about his power level like we do with most gods, in first edition, uh, when Ed first introduced him in the uh, Cyclopedia of the Divine, he was a lesser deity. But in second edition, he got a promotion 
and kept that promotion throughout most of the rest of the literature to an intermediate level of a deity, which puts him sort of squarely, sort of smack dab in the middle of the power. The other piece would be that with that, Gond is, I don't want to say subservient to, but below Agma, because Agma is all about knowledge and Gond being true, not true neutral. Well, I guess depending on what it, which edition you want to use is neutral. And so just that pursuit of knowledge as well. Right. He's more of a specific facet of the pursuit of knowledge, the sort of scientific method pursue all. It's kind of what I got from reading about him. Make cool things that might blow up. Yes. Yep. <laughs> and if they do, well, cool. That's what they were. That's awesome. You did something. Good job. I'm gone. The best. Your first hand in the learning process. <laughs> yeah, it's funny to me, you know, in looking at some of the artwork we've talked about, he looks like a human, but he's worshipped by dwarves and and I know I'm gnomes, getting ahead of myself, but he's worshipped by dwarves and gnomes, ironically. But yeah, you mentioned that one of his realms, Celeste, is the plane of concordant opposition, which mm-hmm. is a very much of a mouthful of a name. In uh, second ed, it was Wonder Home, which is sounds way cooler. And then <laughs> in third ed, it was uh, Home of Knowledge. And I think that's to stay the same in 4E. Yeah, I think just as a fun fact, where um, in Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, he was like the main god of this island called Lenten, which was an island just north of Cholt, for those of you who listen to the podcast Annihilation, or are keyed into what's happening in 5th edition. Uh, So perhaps this island just to the north uh, with this this cool god we're talking about, relevant update (laughs) for 5th edition. Yeah, which, I mean, and... Internet, correct me if I'm wrong, which that would never happen. I have not seen, even going back to not finding much information, not finding much specifically in 5th edition about Gond, which makes me sad. No, not yet. There's not yet, no. Not yet. Yeah, I mean, we we were even talking about this earlier, Neil, before the episode. He doesn't even have like a signature weapon Mm -hmm. or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Nothing. I mean, there's so little. uh, He's a cool god, and there's so little on him. Yeah. I think for right now, as 5th edition is establishing, is like, okay, we can encompass the other editions. Things like uh, technology specifically are sort of on the back burner. I mean, the closest we're getting right now with tech is, you know, Matt Mercer's homebrew class, The Gunslinger, which is sort of popularized this idea of what Gond does, like mm-hmm. innovation. But I don't think we're quite there yet in 5th edition. But maybe Gond will pop up in the future. So we had kind of hinted at it, but the worshippers are vast and varied due to the neutrality of Gond. Some of the most prominent ones being those who are inventors. And then, of course, like we said, we get into the races of dwarves and gnomes who are historically crafters and inventors. So Gond has a church uh, like many gods do, and it is called the High Holy Craft House of Inspiration. And it is on that wonderful island that Celeste mentioned, Lantern. And it's a monastery, but it's run by a person that has the title of the High Artificer, which I think is such a cool title for a high priest. I mean, Mm -hmm. high priest, (laughs) yes, it has that sort of like ancient feel, but, you know, High Artificer, that just sounds so cool. I don't know. I imagine him as a a gnome with like really big like magna zoom specs on. You know, tinkering with some sort of clockwork mechanism. Oh, yeah. Mustaches for days. Mustache, yes, yes. <laughs> but this guy, the high, the high artificer, is the highest ranking immortal cleric of Gond. 
and he is the supreme ecclesiastical voice of all things regarding Gond and all of that cool stuff. But like we said, he's sort of worshipped ar- like around the whole spectrum. Awesome. You know what I forgot to get was do which is domains and things like that because that's important for clerics. Hang on, domains of Gond. Do you have that right in front of you, Celeste, in that book? Uh, there... They they do not have domains at this point in history, so I don't. <laughs> that's true. I forgot AD&D did not have that. No, no, no. It's we been a long time. That. It's not in there, so I just have the, the old school info. So domains are creation, knowledge, planning, nerds. <laughs> <laughs> Jerks. <laughs> He was a dungeon master? <laughs> that would be the worst domain. <laughs> yeah, his, his yeah, his portfolio includes artist, construction, craft, smithwork, a bunch of really cool stuff like that. Yeah, but modern 5e, like I think just knowledge is the only one that yeah. translates. Yeah. Right? He does. Oh my goodness, I found it. Ah, uh, but it doesn't exist yet. Mm-hmm. He had a favorite weapon. It's called the Craftsmaster. But it doesn't have any stats or anything. No. Oh. It's a giant hammer? It's a war hammer. Yeah. That sounds more like for, a multi-tool. For Craftmaster. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so sad. That makes me sad. Anyway, he, has, he does have he, a signature <laughs> weapon. It's called the Craft. He has Master. a Leatherman as his multi yeah. <laughs> He does. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Ha, it's pliers and seven knives and a corkscrew. There. Perfect. There you go. All right. <laughs> so another thing that we can kind of get into is his... Relationship with other deities. Ooh, yes. So, yeah, uh, let's talk a little bit about relationships with other deities. So, the Church of Maestra opposes Gond, believing he holds technology above magic, which isn't exactly true. Gond views magic as a tool of to further his creativity. Merchants frequently cultivate relationships with Gond's clergy in hopes of profiting from trading in Gondor inventions. Uh, periodically, an invention of the followers of Gond will have an adverse economic effect, resulting in hostility from other faiths. So along with Malel, Dinir, and Ogma, Gond is one of the deities of knowledge and invention. Yeah. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, Mistra is the founder of Spellfire, which was one of the most powerful and OP abilities in all of D&D. And so she, who likes magic, does not like Gond. <laughs> mm-hmm. That old that old struggle between magic and technology. Uh, yes. Yeah, and Gon doesn't not like tech or doesn't not like magic. I know that sentence doesn't make a lot of sense, but it does. <laughs> he does it, like yes. magic. He sees it as a tool, as a tool to further invention of any which, kind. Which which fits very well with the spellfire thing, because spellfire ca- wielders don't see magic as magic anyway. They see magic as a raw energy source. So I mean, that's how Gon sees it. So right. I don't know why they don't get along, but. I don't understand why the religious folks just don't don't see rational logic. It's just it's it's, oh, it's confounding. So the the last part we have is the dogma, which gets into some of the more nuanced stuff that I think can create some really interesting campaign arcs and ideas. But that is, of course, that actions count. Intentions are one thing, but it is the result that is most important. And I think that is probably where most conflict is going to come from with Gond and other deities or just people, you know, and just conflicting factions. Talk is for others, while those who serve Gond do. Make new things that work. 
become skilled at forging or some craft, and practice making things and various means of joining and fastening until you create devices to suit any situation or space. Question and challenge the unknown with new devices. New inventions should be elegant and useful. Practice experimentation and innovation in the making of tools and the implementation of processes and encourage these virtues in others through direct aid, sponsorship, and diplomatic support. Keep records of your strivings, ideas, and sample devices so that others may follow your work and improve on what you leave behind and encourage others, such as farmers and hunters, to think of new tools, improved ways of crafting, and using their existing gear, and a new way of doing things. Observe, acquire, and store safely the makings of others and spread such knowledge among the consecrated of Gond. Discuss ideas and spread them so that all may see the divine light that is the wonder bringer. That is probably one of the longest dogmas that I have ever seen oh, in my entire life in <laughs> That last thing, I was like, is that a sentence or is that a par- I don't know. <laughs> there Greenwood. were no periods. <laughs> that was such a long- and my no. boy. <laughs> Shorten that up, man. <laughs> it's a cool dogma, though. I like it. So off of that, it's time to kind of think of ideas on how to use Gond in our home games, in your homebrew world, and just kind of in general. I think for me, the biggest part, like I said, is actions count. Intentions are one thing, but it is the result that is important, or most important rather, and that is terrifying as a mentality. Because if you think you could meet an NPC, they're fantastic, like rainbows and sunshine and then it comes down to do we let this person live or die and then they out of the blue kill them because they know what's next like they just assume that's the quickest means to the end and that's the most important is the end and now you have to deal with this conflict of this extremely nice person did this crazy thing what do we do next and they did it with a gun because they're gone because they can do that technology (laughs) Uh, yeah, I think it said somewhere in this book, gunpowder was the gift of Gond to the Gnomish people. So they have sacred, well, black explosive powder. So that's crazy. Campaign hook, or at least a quest yeah. hook. Yeah, I mean, that's like going to go steal gunpowder from China back in the BCs. Like Silk Road days. <laughs> yeah. I mean, seriously. That's cool. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, if you don't have a god of the forge, if you're struggling to find one, Gond is a good stand-in. He's a he's a great like you don't even have to do anything. Ed did all the work for you. There's a lot of holes that you can fill in, which are are good. But it's always nice to have a god of the forge because you've got that one guy who's always play always plays a dwarf, and was like, I want to be the guy who builds armor and arms and all kinds of other stuff. Who who do you have that I can worship? And you're like, well, I I haven't thought that far. Um. Okay, Gond, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I was really attracted to, when I was reading all of this, got really excited about the prospect of, especially because it's mentioned that the gnomes primarily worship him. I feel like gnomes get pretty underrepresented in 5th edition. So I had a bunch of ideas immediately occur to me. I mean, I love the idea that his, his temples are sort of like these almost museums to innovation where they have early prototypes and something. So I was thinking as an adventure hook, Maybe there is a temple of Gond in one of these settlements, and someone has come in and stolen 
an artifact or a prototype of something. Um, so that's like a really easy early level plot hook to get someone, you know, retrieve this prototype for the temple. Yeah. Or I also had the idea maybe one of these temples, an invention has gone AWOL, right? If these clerics are just holed up and they're making all these strange new innovative things, uh, sending the PCs off to go and retrieve this, I don't know, some kind of robot or some kind of something that the clerics have built at this point seems to me like a really exciting idea. Well, well, since we're getting into plot hooks, I mean, you could even have like there's an invention that nobody knew what it did and it's going haywire. Right. Exactly. Because nobody understands. Like it's going it's 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 nobody knows what it's supposed to do. And all of a sudden I'm imagining a really dangerous version of Da Vinci's workshop. Yeah. It's sort of what these <laughs> these temples are. Absolutely. I don't know what that does, but it's been here forever and nobody touches it. No, <laughs> It just makes these weird sounds every night at midnight and we just. <laughs> oh, no. Away. The the other thing I thought of was like expanding out, not having just one thing stolen or several things stolen from one temple to Gond, but multiple things over multiple temples. And then it's like this big in that classic big plot of, well, it doesn't make sense what these would do individually. And then you have the epiphany of what they could do together right. and then needing to stop essentially the doomsday device that now oh, someone awesome. is building. Have you guys seen Warehouse 13? No, I haven't. Oh my goodness, if you have not watched that show, you need to go watch it, first of all, okay. because there are so many great ideas for like magical items and things like that. But essentially, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a show about agents, secret agents, who go around and capture like items that have been infused with like magical energy. So you've got like, for example, uh, Sigmund's Freud, uh, Sigmund Freud's like therapy couch. And like there's a certain <laughs> magical mysticism that's on that couch but they're collecting and cataloging all of these ideas like jack the ripper's knife you know and and things like that you know and and they've got this and so i'm thinking yeah like there's a there's a guy who's going around and stealing different artifacts from different warehouses and they're like i don't know what what all of these do but apparently i guess they all go together and they're trying to figure out and so that's a perfect quest. It's like there's all these random inventions that nobody knew went together except for this one guy, and he's stealing all of them to put together like this big doomsday device or something. I was also sort of thinking if you want to go a little bit larger scale, I mean, just the idea of Gond himself where he is the god of innovation, invention, new technology, essentially. I mean, if you were creating in a homebrew world where magic itself was sort of a dominating force in the government. So say like, you know, a reigning mage class or something. And then the the acolytes of Gone decided we've had enough. And they, you know, I'm I'm really imagining like Fallout style power suits coming in here and like rolling <laughs> in and like nice. taking down <laughs> the arcane government. And so this kind of war between magic and technology. That's where my mind went when I was getting really excited about this Gond fellow i would play in that campaign yeah i uh, I, I love that idea. i was like oh my gosh i have to do this somehow uh but that was like a cool that dichotomy between technology that doesn't necessarily exclude magic but magic that definitely excludes the idea of technology it's the brotherhood of steel versus the magisterium arcanum <laughs> let's <Yeah>. go <laughs> Well, that also made me think of um, Warhammer 40k when we were talking about the like high priest of Gond, because in that setting, you know, and you have the Space Marines that are essentially bonded into their Space Marine armor, 
And then you also have the ones that have like died, but they were these amazing warriors that are put into larger machines called dreadnoughts. And it made me think of like the highest of this order would be in these kind of machines. And then you're playing into like either needing to get their help or now they're using it to get what they want or what they think they need. Uh, another campaign hook that just popped into my, and it, and it would be a campaign hook is that Gond has lost his memory. So the innovator, the inventor, the person that's responsible for all of these new inventions and all of that doesn't remember what his job is anymore or in, in, a, in a different way. He's having writer's block or creative block. And so it's part of your job as, as the, the, the group of characters to help either restore his memory or figure out what the block is and remove it. And of course, that block could be like Mistra messing with him to like prevent him from inventing stuff. But like having a god's memory stolen and a god not knowing what he's supposed to do can throw all kinds of things into chaos. I mean, imagine those that high priest of Gond, the high, uh, what do they call him? The high artificer, suddenly not having his power anymore and not having his authority because Gond has lost his mind. This is also just a really exciting god to bring up now. I mean, in Unearthed Arcana, we have the artificer, you know, floating around. Mm -hmm. um, that's mm -hmm. a class I've personally wanted to see for a very long time come to 5th edition. I'm really excited. So maybe with the introduction of artificers to more games, Gon could definitely have a significant place uh, if you have a PC who is an artificer sort of in their story. So I think there's a lot of potential coming up on the rise here. The other one that was kind of alluded to, I think when it was discussing like the conflict with Mistra, is the idea of a more of a political campaign, if that's what you're more interested in. But if you think about like a you know, gnomes or dwarves, and they figure out just like the slightest bit of technology, and now their production level tripled, the economy's ruined. Mm -hmm. Or like a farming village where Gond gives them sprinklers. Like the economy's ruined <laughs> because now their production is so much higher, but these, just these small things and just the conflict that it could create that you have to then kind of deal with, again, from some of the most simple things that we have in our day-to-day -day life. Well, even like mass transit, you know, with things like trains and, you know, anything else steampunky that you can sort of think of, you know, even flight in a, med in a medieval sort of fantasy realm would be huge, like airships. I mean, how are you going to dominate somebody who's got an air navy? I mean, you can't. It'd throw the world into chaos, like you said. I mean, there's so many cool things you can do with that. Yeah, I really liked it. It was somewhere somewhere in the wiki pages. It it referred to that, that initial island that he ruled over at Linton as being on the verge of creating the printing press like it specifically recognized that like in there huh. and just just the implications of that sheerly like if you're thinking about your typical medieval 5e setting and then the invention of the printing press what that would do to the world of dungeons and dragons like that's what a really it did do even in our own right world. exactly yeah. that's a really really cool idea to consider and to play with yeah, the and I feel like it, it. Never mind. I don't feel like I have no idea where this is. <laughs> but either we said it on the podcast or I saw it somewhere else. So I'm not acting like this is original. But the idea of then it being in a D and D setting where it's a magical printing press, mm. and now spells can just be printed right easily, just super fast. And now they're throughout the entire world. I have Terrifying. no doubt Mistra would not be pleased <laughs> with that nonsense right there. Nor would Bokob. Yeah. Nobody would. 
Oh nobody would. Ain't nobody want that. Nobody. <laughs> None of those gods. <laughs> or any other clergy, for that matter. But it seems like such a logical progression of like, well, as Gond, well then, if we can print 5,000 versions of Cure Light Wounds and, spin, and, you know, and send them out through the world, why is it not a better place? Mm-hmm. Right, because and, the, the result is what's most important and people are getting healed. Mm-hmm. Right. How is that not a good thing? Right. And how could there be a downside to this? Right? right. Innovation. Nothing will, <laughs> nothing will go wrong. Well, and you can have Bokob, in that sense, go really dark, too. Oh, yeah. You know, say Bokob, instead of, like, being neutral, starts to go crazy and goes, like, chaotic evil. Like, what would a chaotic evil version of Gon do? Like, he starts to descend into madness. And now the god of innovation is becoming more like a god of death. I mean, that's a really cool, that's a really cool way to use God too. If he's been this staple God of yours for a long time, God's going mad is always a fun, it's a fun trope, but you can do it really coolly with God, I think. Hmm. I know we've done a lot of big, are there any small ideas that we can think of like ways to fold it more into either a cleric or like racial stuff? Yeah. I think for, especially again, touching back, I don't think gnomes are represented enough in the day-to-day 5th edition game. So seeing a gnome, like the reason he is traveling out is because he has become a cleric of Gond or Gond has summoned him to just basically even go around town to town and do sort of like a census of new inventions. Like that's a cool idea to me, like seeing like where people are at on their agriculture level, what is the innovation level, and just traveling around to track even those basic settlement ad- adjustments seems like a cool idea, a little, little tiny hook for either PC personally, or maybe this person runs into trouble and the PCs have to help out this individual in some way. Uh, another one you could use for like a, a cleric or even a, a fighter or somebody who you know likes crafting things, you could have him trying to seek out or trying to learn how to craft the most elegant, the most perfect weapon or, or you know, piece of armor or something like that that is in it both innovative, functional, and new. And trying to offer that up as a, as a form of worship. And you could use that sort of as a driving force to send this person down into dungeons to try to recover maybe some old technology he can renovate or to try to find, like, new materials or all sorts of things like that. I think there's a lot of fetch quest potential. Yes. <laughs> with these clerics. <laughs> I need 10 gears. <laughs> I need this strange thing that's rumored to be the tomb of a shlamlam. Oh, go. You're just like, this feels just like World no. of Warcraft. I don't want this. <laughs> you wanted to worship God. Here hey, you go. <laughs> here you go. Number one way. Well, well, the other thing is like, and I, I feel like just as long time Dungeons and Dragons players and dungeon masters we feel like falling into that trope of okay you follow this deity then you're a cleric i think with gond it has more potential for that not to be true you could have a fighter that is air quote a follower of gond and they have just the skill the skill of engineering or crafting of some sort and so it is their quest even despite you know not having divine power to go and seek out the new invention and go and seek out the next thing so I think it's this is a deity that can kind of fold into all of them. Because again, even if you have a rogue learning traps, 
learning different kinds of traps and how to undo them, redo them, and all of those things, I think would be super cool. Well, I think like you could also incorporate some spells with that too. If you've got a wizard who's a follower, or a cleric who's a follower, I know like summon monster really isn't a thing in five E anymore, which is, saddens me to a great degree. But you could you can know, you could summon clockwork soldier. Something like that, you know, to to have another combatant on the battlefield or, you know, have somebody like a, you know, even even generate a new uh, a PC class like the Mechromancer or something like that, you know, who's doing things like inventing and artificing and and things of that nature. I think you could incorporate a lot of that cool stuff into into Gon's followers, whether they're clerics or, you know, whatever else. You had me at Necromancer. Necromancer, I know. <laughs> there it's it my favorite class from Borderlands, and they need we need to D and Dify it because that's cool. You have a robot that just fights by your side all the time, and there's clockwork stuff in the Tome of Beasts that you could use as your template. True, beautiful. Let's take it around one last time for any last ideas on adding Gond to your world. I think from my end, you know, if you want to step a little bit away from that technology aspect and focus again on the primary idea of Gond that you sort of brought up before, actions count. Intentions are one thing, but it's the result that is most important. I see for this, you could easily do a combat-themed class. So maybe a paladin or a fighter would be a really destructive force if they're following that if they're looking at a settlement or society that it just is refusing to advance and maybe on that they need to be leveled and rebuilt again like i can easily see this becoming a story of destruction for a minor settlement or town so that might be that might be a hook too like you aren't advanced enough and you must be destroyed I think that would be a cool motivation for a villain or some kind of problem that has a maniacal worship of Gond. Yeah, for me, I think we we talked about this in, in the Ruins episode, uh, having some sort of technology underneath the sands or whatever, you know, that your players come across. I think that, you know, for me, I would make a city that is shattered to ruins um, that my players stumble across. That worshipped God in such a way that they became so technologically advanced that their grasp exceeded their reach. Or that their reach exceeded their grasp, excuse me. And somehow, somewhere along the way, they destroyed themselves. And now your players can go down into the depths to recover some of that ancient technology that's down there. Uh, maybe encountering things like clockwork creatures or even like robots or, you know, AI that they think are like messengers of the gods, things like that. I think that'd be a really cool way to incorporate Gond in that in that sort of arena. And then for me, it would be if you add Gond, I think one of the more interesting things you can do is because Gond is neutral, making sure to present your players and your world with every facet of that. You have the ability to have worshippers and followers be lawful good to chaotic evil. And I think that's a really interesting thing to add to your world because now your players have to ask so many more questions about someone, regardless of the fact that they happen to be a follower of God. Boom. But with that, we have the most important question. Celeste. Yes. If our listeners would like to get a hold of you, how might they go about doing that? Well, first off, I would recommend going to Venture Maiden since I, I produced that. So if you want to get to me, 
go through that. So first off, go on Twitter to at Venture Maidens. Check out our streaming schedule, our other social media links at theventuremaidens.com. But if you do want to chat with me personally, and I would love to talk to you, I am at C Conowich, C-O-N-O-W-I-T-C-H. So hit me up. Let's Let's chat some tabletop games. Awesome. And we just, of course, want to thank you for coming on and spending some time here in our Divine Spotlight series. It was a pleasure being here. Thank you all for having me. Yeah, it was awesome. Well, that's all we have for you today. And we just want to thank Celeste again for coming in and sharing her awesome ideas and knowledge about Gone. And if you want to share your awesome ideas and knowledge, you can always email us at dungeonmasterblock at gmail.com. And if you like this episode or any of the others and see fit, head over to iTunes and leave us a review. That way we can get in front of more people and share more knowledge. Or you can head over to Twitter and follow us at DMS underscore block. That's at DMS block. Or like us on Facebook to see all of the updates and memes that we post there. But before we go, as we do, we have a Patreon shout out. And today's shout out goes to... Andrew Tucker and Andrew is no less a silver dragon sailing through the forums and into our hearts and as always the Dungeon Masters Block is a proud member of the Block Party Podcast Network where you can check out other shows like the GM Showcase, Geek Wars We're So Bad at Adventuring and more but with all of that out of the way we're going to Close up here at the Dungeon Master's Block, the place where we talk about the Dungeon Master, the most important person in the game, the only person capable of playing God, killing characters, and lowering the ego of everyone else at the table. I'm DM Neil, saying good night, good luck, and keep on Dungeon Mastering. No, I'm going to die. No, don't (laughs) die. (laughs) Calm down. Goodbye.